I got a question for everybody else today. I want everyone to look right up here. What if, let's just, let's just suspend reality for a moment. Can we do that? What if I told you today that you can have an all-expense-paid time away with whoever you want for as long as you want? Huh? How many of you would be signing up? Well, first of all, who would you take with you? I could cause some marriage problems here right now, probably. Uh, yeah, if you, get, if you get away with your best friend in the world and just shut down from, the, from society and just enjoy being together, how long would you like to do that for? Forever? Dale said forever. Absolutely. You know, this week, you all know I worked for a funeral home, and we had a call this week, and a typical house call, hospice. And there was a fellow who had passed away, and his wife was standing there. They were both, you could tell, looking at them both. They were elderly. And my partner that night is a very sensitive man, a, a really... I had to be on call. I like to be on call with him because he has a real tender heart. And he's empathetic. He can almost feel what's going on in that room. And he was very sensitive. And he went through very briefly kind of our protocol. And I could tell he just, he didn't lay the whole thing out because it wouldn't have been appropriate. Then he said to the widow, he said, and I've heard this phrase a hundred thousand times. I've said it myself. We say this, there's no rush. Do you need some more time before we take your husband into our care? And the most heartfelt thing I've ever heard, it set both of us back on our heels. And, and you got to be, I don't want to say hard, that's a bad word, but you, you got to be somewhat removed from this. You can't do that job. But she said this, yes, I do. I would stand here forever. And that hit, he looked at me and I looked at him and we both had tears welling up in our eyes and we got out to the porch as fast as we could so we didn't make fools of ourselves. And that doesn't happen in my business, I just want to tell you. And I turned to him and I said, Brandon, have you ever heard anything so beautiful? He said, no. In all my years as a police officer and now in the funeral business, no. He said that was legitimate. I said, you realize we just witnessed a holy moment. Come to find out they were married 60 plus years. And she had lost her heart in losing that man. Oh, what? Getting away together and shutting down from the world. I've often said this, and it's not original with me. Most everything I say is not original with me. But they say that in your, in your relationships, if you're married, you should, get, you should have a weekly time that you get together alone without the kids. We, Elizabeth and I try to get out together once a week. We usually do it on Mondays. Get together weekly. Go away. Go away yearly. Now, people say, where are you going on vacation? I say, well, I have to qualify that. Because anywhere we go with the kids, I love you kids, that's not a vacation. 
that's going to visit family. That is totally different than a vacation. When Elizabeth and I go on vacation, it's just Elizabeth and I. Are you tracking with me? 25th anniversary. We flew out to, she's smiling. We flew out to, where'd we go, baby? Seattle. Seattle. Wow, you sounded just like my mother. I can't <laughs> believe that. That was a little creepy right there, but okay. <laughs> we flew out to Seattle, and then from there we took, a, we took a cruise ship up into Alaska, and then I booked a few extra days in Seattle. That is a strange and wonderful place. And as you're walking through the parks, don't inhale. I'm not kidding. But anyway, we, we went away. I don't even remember how long that was. I know the, the cruise was seven days. About 10, 11 days we went away. That was fantastic. Just her and I doing life together. It was a glorious thing. And if we were to give away, if I had the ability to give away that kind of trip today to somebody, to, I would love to do that. And you would love to sign up for it, yes? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Marvelous is like, where is the paper, where is the sign-up sheet for that one? Well, let me, let, me, uh, let me challenge you today. I started off today with the blessing, didn't I? But I didn't give you the whole story. You see, because the whole story, you got to back up. And I wish I had time to walk through every one of these verses because it's so rich. But take your copy of God's Word and find your way to Isaiah 58 today. Isaiah 58. And I'm going to limit myself because I, I, I will get in trouble. So in doing so, I want you to go down to verse number 6. But I want you to make me a promise. If I get your outline out, i got a, a folded outline in there so you can take extra notes. Make me a promise or make the Lord a promise this morning that when you go home, you'll read this whole chapter. Because the whole first part of the chapter is how not to do this thing. And I'm going to read you the verses that says how to do these things. And I already read you the verses that say, here's what happens when you do this thing. I've entitled this sermon, Desperate for God. Desperate for God. So look there with me, Isaiah 58 and verse number 6. Are you there, church? If you're there, say amen. Here we go, verse 6. Is this not the, and what's that next word, church? Okay, I know 90% of you just checked out. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? This is God speaking. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? And here's the results. To loose the bonds of wickedness. To undo the heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free. And that you break every yoke how many say yeah i'm signing up for that yeah see you're all afraid to say anything now because of that first word huh i know how you are verse seven is it not this is the fast now is this fast not to share your bread with the hungry and that you would bring to your house the poor who are cast out when you see the naked that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Look at this. Look at this. Your healing shall spring forth. How, church? Speedily. And your, what's that word? Righteousness shall go before you. And I love this. And the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. 
And I am going to read verse 9. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. Anyone ever felt like you've talked to God and he was not listening? Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, and speaking wickedness. If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy, satisfy the afflicted soul, then your darkness then shall then your light shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as the noonday. And then the last verses we read at the beginning. I want to talk to you today about something that is rarely preached from the pulpits of this country, and I believe it's part of the problem. Christianity is too easy today. We baptized six people last Sunday, and was that not glorious? Matter of fact, next Sunday we're going to celebrate that. We want to make sure all the baptized people are back, and we want to just celebrate what God has done in their lives. That was a great and deep joy. But let me tell you something. As much of a joy as that was, it really cost them nothing. Except going under some nasty lake water. <laughs> that was something. But that's about it. Let me tell you something. Back in the first century, getting baptized cost you a lot. I read of a young man from my hometown area, Hartford, Connecticut, was a Jewish boy. And he had accepted Christ as his Savior, and when he made that proclamation to his parents, they just thought he was confused. And he told them, no, I, I believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And they said, okay. And he started going to a local New Testament church. They didn't like it, but they put up with it. But let me tell you something. The day he was baptized and identified with Jesus as Messiah, they had his funeral. They literally held a funeral for their son and said, he is dead to us. What happened? His, he, the identity with Jesus in baptism cost that young man something. cost him his family relationship. But it didn't cost us anything today. And something that costs us nothing is oftentimes without value. Let me explain. I remember the first time I had to put tires on my car, back tires, and I had to put back tires on my car because I discovered if you slam the gas down and let the clutch out in first gear, you can light them up for about a quarter mile. And you can do that, but you can also replace your tires. You see, and, and those first set of tires didn't cost me anything. The second set cost me something. Guess what? I came out of first gear like a granny after I paid to put those tires on that car. I guarantee you, those tires lasted like four years on that car. I would, why? Because I had skin in the game. And I want to talk to you this morning about the biblical discipline of fasting. You see, because all that blessing that we all shouted and said, Oh, pick me, pick me. Those were all a direct result of fasting for God. Boy, it's quiet in here. Well, we, you were all excited at the call to worship. What happened to that excitement? Yeah, because you're crazy, preacher. Well, that's established. We already know that. So let's, let's get in it, shall we? Take your outline there, and, and I've, I've given you blanks on the back, so you've got plenty of places to put in. Let's, let's first give a definition of what is fasting. 
what is it? Fasting is a voluntary withdrawing from food and or drink or other fleshly appetite for a specified period of time. It literally means, the literal Hebrew word means to put the hand to the mouth, to cover your mouth, and to refuse intake. Okay? That's what fasting is. Now, we're going to run through this. There's basically three basic types of fast in the Bible. The Bible talks about three types of, of biblical fasts. The first one I would just call a normal fast, and that would be a fasting of food. This is how Jesus, if you remember, began his earthly ministry. The Bible says there in Matthew 4, 1 and 2, it says that Jesus <coughs> uh, completed a 40-day fast. The Bible, and, and by the way, if you'll recall, this happened, Jesus goes and he's baptized by his cousin, John. Remember this? In the Jordan River, and the Spirit of God descends like a dove. Do you remember? And he blesses his son. He said, man, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And this interesting thing, we stop there, but right after he comes up on the water, the Bible says this, and the Spirit of God, the same dove that landed on his shoulder, began to peck at him. Literally, you say, where's that? Because the Bible says, and the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. He was inexplicably drawn, pushed, herded out into a desert place where there was no food. And for 40 days... He went without sustenance. After that was the launch of his ministry. Matthew 6, 16, he taught his disciples to pray. Jesus said, moreover, when, not if you fast, but when you fast, don't do it like the hypocrites do it. Don't do it for an earthly show. I want to make something clear. Fasting is never commanded in the New Testament. It is However, assumed. Jesus assumed the disciples would be fasting. It's not something, I want you to hear me. It's not something you have to do. But you can choose to do it. And the scripture has many guidelines about fasting. So it's a normal fast. No foods, only liquids, like water. You can do a juice fast. And like in Judges chapter 20, verse 26, it can last for one day. And that's a good place to start for some of you. Uh, you say, well, I just want to fast a meal. That's not fasting. That's abstinence. That's missing a meal. That's, that's not the same. So it can be as little as one day. Um, it can be a three-day fast. If you remember the Apostle Paul, he fasted for three days right after he was struck in blindness on a Damascus road. Esther, I'll talk about her more in a minute, she called all the children of Israel to fast for three days. And then there's a 40-day fast. There are actually four examples of that in the Bible. Moses did it twice back to back. His was unique. He didn't even have water, at least for the last one, possibly for the first one as well. And that, I want to tell you, that's miraculous. He was miraculously sustained by God. If you try that, you will die. So just let me set your funeral up first. Um, however, um, Elijah did it. And Jesus himself did it. And I want to say this here, and it's going to sound crazy. Uh, how many of you remember the name Bill Bright? You remember Bill Bright, founder of Campus Crusade for Christ? He, he, he experienced um, eight 40-day fasts from 1994 to 2001. 
He did it eight times. And I want to say this to you because some of you aren't going to believe me. I did a 40-day fast, uh, I don't know, was it two years ago, Elizabeth? I can't recall. It was in January two years ago. Uh, Started in January, finished up on the 14th of uh, Valentine's Day. And I want to tell you something. Listen to me and listen to me carefully. The human body is designed to go without food for 40 days. Not 41, 40. God made the body very well equipped to do this. And I'll talk more about that in a minute. So there's the regular fast. Then there's the partial fast. We see this in Daniel. Um, Daniel chapter 1. When, when he just fasted meat and wine and desserts, basically. He said, look, just, just give us the vegetables. We don't want all the king's fancy stuff that's been offered to idols. Uh, they gave the best things to idols, the top things and the side dishes. They didn't. And so Daniel said, I want the side dishes. Just give us veggies. Remember that? 21 days they did that. That's a great place to start as well. Um, Elijah did this on two different occasions. Um, he did this, a partial fast, which means, um, you know, and some of you have diabetes or hypo, hyper, hypoglycemia and you have to eat. Um, this is a way that you can still engage in a fast um, but not mess up your, your, your physical body. And by the way, that's why two years ago I was so anxious to do it because I saw myself getting older. Uh, I saw it in a mirror, literally. I'm not kidding you. And I said, you know what? I'm not always going to be physically able to do this. And while I can, I must. And I want to say this. God, you are called to a fast. I'm going to talk more about that in a minute. Uh, so there's this partial fast um, where you can, and you can fast other things too. Now, really, fasting has to deal with food. If you want to be a purist, and some of you are, it has to do with food. However, you can also fast other things like the Internet. Some of you, it would be easier to not eat for 40 days than to put your stinking smartphone down and turn the flipping Internet off. Okay, seriously. You would rather go without food than to go out the Internet. That's a problem. I think, well, I won't go there. But anyway, uh, there, so there's those kinds of things as well. Um, and then there's an absolute fast. That's the last kind. I have not done this yet, but I intend to do so um, this year. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm asking the Lord to clear that up in my mind as to when I'm going to do this. But an absolute fast um, is no water, no liquid, nothing in your mouth at all for three days is the, is the example in the Bible. That's what, uh, that's what, uh, that's what um, Esther said to the children of Israel. Look, I'm fixing to go break a major law that could cause me to be executed immediately by opening that door without an invitation to the king. Everybody needs to fast completely for three days. No food, no water. Get on your knees and ask God to give me favor in the eyes of my husband, the king. Not even the animals ate, not even the children. Okay? So this is an absolute fast. And, and by the way, these are all over Scripture as well. Moses actually did an absolute fast at least on the second time he went up the mountain to receive the commandments again. Um, all right, let's jump into that. That's the fast. Let me give you the purpose of fasting. Okay, here it is. The purpose of fasting. Uh, it is a way to seek God by denying the physical in order to focus on the spiritual. And it's because of this reason that prayer and fasting must always go together. Listen to me. Listen to me closely. This was my great regret of that fast, that 40-day fast I did two years ago. 
is that I went without food, but I did not intentionally replace food time with God time. I let my schedule get in the way of that. And I want you to hear me close. If you fast, but don't take the time given to eating in preparation of food, if you don't take that time and turn it over to God, you're not fasting, you're dieting. You with me? And by the way, have you ever looked at the three first letters of diet? Yeah, that's what I think about it. Um, I had to go on two diets to get enough to eat. So, yeah, it's, 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 that was funny. That was funnier than your reaction, I just want to say. Um, you're not dieting. It's a fast. And a fast is spiritual. It's saying no to the flesh in order to say yes to the spirit. Stephen Foster, one of the great writers on spiritual disciplines, said this. He said, um, fasting is the physical exclamation point behind God, I need you. Let me say that again. Fasting is the physical exclamation point behind the phrase, God, I need you. In other words, it's saying, God, I'm serious. I need you. I need you more than I need to eat right now. So it's to take that time and to turn it around. It's the purpose of fasting. Um, let me give you God's nine main purposes of fasting. And if you've got your Bible, this is where our text comes in handy today. All right, we're going to talk about the nine main purposes. Here's number one. I'm going to go through these fast, so don't get scared. <coughs> number one, fasting to get freedom from addictions. Freedom from addictions. Look at verse 6. It, it says right there, um, is this not the fast that I have chosen? God said, here's, here's how you know you're doing a biblical fast, the, the one that I have chosen for you. Number one, what's the first thing you're going to experience? It's going to loose the bonds of what? Wickedness. How many? Some, everyone say wickedness. How many of you know you got some wickedness in your life and it's like handcuffs? Amen? You say, oh, I don't want to say that. Yes, you do. You do. There's addictions. Matter of fact, everyone in this room, I'm going to say this, you're, we're all addicted to food. We don't eat to live. We live to eat. How many of you are like me? You're eating breakfast and you're thinking about, hmm, what am I going to have for lunch? You, you feeling me this morning? And eating lunch and thinking, hmm, what am I going to have for supper? You've got a problem. If, if it was anything other than food, we say, you need to go into to a program. You, we need to admit you to a rehab. You, you're, you're not right. Now, you're pregnant. That's different. Oh, it's, you're not pregnant. You've got a problem, Elvis. <laughs> You've got no excuse, brother. Uh, yeah. We're addicted to food, and the beautiful thing about a fast, especially an extended fast, is it breaks the addiction to food. So this is the first thing, is to loose the bands. You got a problem with pornography? Fast. You say, really? Yes. I've seen testimony after testimony, because all of the, it's the weirdest thing, all of the physical issues you have go away. You want to quit smoking? Fast. Extended Fast. You take an, they say, what's, what's eating got to do with smoking? A lot. When do you like to light up? Right after you eat a nice meal, right? Absolutely. You don't eat the meal, you don't light up the cigarette. It will break the bonds of addiction in your life. Whatever you've got addiction to alcohol, it'll break it. You've got addiction to drugs, it will, this will break it. I was talking to a crazy guy the other day. He kind of irks the snot out of me. He's one of these purists who just drives me nuts. And, he, and, and we were talking about addiction, chemical addictions. 
and, and, and he's from another country, so that makes it even worse. So he's hard to understand, okay? And we're talking about physical addictions, and he says, you know what the answer is, don't you? I said, yeah, just stop doing it. He said, no, well, yes, but no. He says, the answer is the Jesus fast. He said, 40 days in the wilderness. He said, you stop putting anything in your mouth other than, other than water for 40 days. He said, that addiction is gone. Think about that. Number two, fasting to solve problems. Look what it says there in verse number six. It says to undo the heavy burdens. Ooh, did you hear that? To undo the heavy burdens. Anybody got some heavy burdens this morning? Don't we? We got problems we can't fix. I'm going to tell you something. Look what it says right there. Not only does it, does it free us from the addiction, it, it, un, it, it solves our problems. It helps us to undo heavy burdens. When it seems hopeless and there's no way out. Listen to me. God can deal with in an instant what you have stressed out about for weeks and months. And I have experienced this personally. That's why I'm so passionate about it. All right, I got to keep moving. Here's one, here's one I really want to, I'd love to camp on, but I don't know that I can. We might have to make this two parts. Here it is, fasting for revival and the lost. Fasting for revival and for the lost. We are having a revival here at this church starting on October the 5th. It's a Wednesday. And we, it will culminate in our homecoming service on October the 9th. We're going to have morning and evening revival. Morning revival will start at 10, go to noon. Evening revival will start at 7 and finish when God finishes. Um, and what God put on my heart is that we need to experience revival before the revival shows up. Can you imagine coming into revival revived already? Are, is anybody with you feeling this this morning? And this is exactly what God has put on my heart. And in so many weird God kind of ways, starting with that friend of my parents who visited a number of weeks ago, this is how God works in my life. Confirmation after confirmation after confirmation until someone as thick as me actually gets it. You follow me? I mean, I cannot tell you how many different people unrelated to each other, don't even know each other, have come to me and in one way or another have said, you know, it might be time to fast. From the man who's going to be speaking at our revival in the evenings, from this friend of my parents, from other people, God has confirmed it. And we need to pray. Look at what it says in verse 6. Not, it says this. It says... Um, to undo the heavy burdens, and look at this, and let the oppressed what? Go free. How many of you know that, that God's people can be oppressed? Amen? And we need to be free. How many, of you, how many of you, and I want you to be honest with me, how many of you know someone right now, someone that you love, who does not know Jesus? Okay. Fast for them. Fast and pray for them. And God can do it. God will, can bring them to a place of utter brokenness and repentance.
You believe that? That's a reason to fast. Here's another one. Oh, this is so true. Fasting to conquer mental and emotional problems. Fasting to conquer mental and emotional problems. Look at the very end of verse 6. And that you break every yoke. You know what a yoke is? It's not the yellow thing in the egg. Mm -mm. It's a farming tool. It's, it's a, it kind of looks like the letter M. Think of the letter M. And what happens is one animal goes on one side and, and you hook the other animal in on the other side. And a weird thing is two oxen can pull together with the strength of four when they're yoked together. Because what that yoke does is it keeps them moving in the same direction. And it keeps them pulling together. And listen to me. What happens with us, and this is where we get literally mentally ill, and we have so many emotional problems. When emotions begin to rule us, we are yoked to lies. Are you listening to me this morning? There are some of God's people in this room right now, and some that should be in here and aren't. That they are yoked together. They are tied together with lies from the enemy. And every time they try to move towards God, the lies of the enemy pulls them back towards the darkness. And listen to me, fasting and prayer breaks, listen to me, not some yokes. What does the word say right there? Every yoke. Turn to your neighbor and say, every yoke. Every yoke is broken when we fast God's way. And your emotions are healed. I believe that mental illness is addressed. Whatever these issues are, God deals with them through this. And I've seen so many people so stressed out. And under such immense emotional pressure. And I'm telling you, God will address this through fasting. Here's another one. We don't talk about this much. Fasting to meet the physical needs of others. Fasting to meet the physical needs of other people. Look at verse 7. Is it not to share your bread with who? You fast for two days, you are the hungry. <laughs> Let me tell you something. But it ain't talking about you. Okay, not talking about you hungry. The hungry people that have no ability or wherewithal to feed themselves. He said, where am I going to get this food from? You ain't eating it. Hmm? The Bible makes sense. God's just laying it out here for you, okay? <coughs> that you would give your food to him who is hungry and the poor you bring to your house who's cast out. You share your bread with the hungry You cut back. You take that money that you're not spending and you use it for people who need it. Here's another one. Fasting for clearer insight in decision making. How many of you have some decisions looming in the very near future in your life? And you're not quite sure what to do. Sometimes it's a choice between good and best. Sometimes it's a choice between the lesser of two evils. How many of you know there's an election coming up? I'll leave that right there. You've got a decision to make. And let me tell you, there's nothing like fasting to clear your mind to hear from God. Look at verse 8. Then what? When you are fasting God's way, your light shall break forth like the morning. It's the dawn. One of the things I love about this time of year, a week from this Saturday begins bow season for deer. You know where I'm going to be? I'm going to be pretending to be a tree in the dark, black dark, 
on Saturday the 10th, probably about 5.30 in the morning. I'm going to get in there and I'm going to be still. And I'm going to tell you something. Only people who are up that early, generally hunters, farmers, and my mother, know what it's like to sit out there and to watch the first finger of the morning pierce that darkness. It is so amazing. And here's what God says. You, you need to know what to do. You don't know what to do. You need to know what to do. Let me tell you something. You, you fast my way and you watch. You watch me give you clarity. And I will say that. And I'm going to have to talk more about this next week. We push into this. And I'm going to talk about fasting and prayer. We're going to put them together. They go together like peanut butter and jelly. Uh, but let me tell you something. In that 40-day fast that I had two years ago, here's one of the things that amazed me. Is how clear my thinking became. And not just thinking, but thinking about issues. One of the big burdens of my heart was our church. And God so very clear, I mean, it wasn't even work. It was so clear. Things would come up in the middle of that fast. And I would know exactly the right thing to do without even thinking about it. I was as clear as I've ever been in my life. Come to find out, there's a physical reason and a spiritual reason for that. When you eat, your body expends massive amounts of energy to digest that food that you put in your stomach. Lots of energy. And here's what happens. I'm gonna, and I'll tell you the truth. The, the hardest days of a fast... The hardest days of a fast are the first seven. First day, you can gut it out. Second day, your stomach's talking to you. Third day, it's war. There is war in the belly. Your stomach is mad that there's no food coming down here. Because, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning, you usually eat breakfast. The brain sends a message to the, to the belly. Get those juices going. Produce some acid. And it does that, and, it, and, and all the way on through, and you get a lot of gas, and it don't feel good, and you drink a lot of water to settle that down, and it does, it dilutes it. Day four, you really start to feel it. You become, matter of fact, day four, just go live in a cave from day four to seven. Stay away from people. Um, give people lots, of, and if you're living with someone who's fasting, um, be nice to the, just give them a wide berth. For the first week. But something happens long about day seven. Day six, you know, six is a number of man. On day six, it's the last, it's, it's like Custer's last stand of your stomach and the battle between your stomach and brain. And let me tell you something, it's on like Donkey Kong on day six. And what's, I'm going to tell you what something's going to happen. This is the spiritual part of it. It's not like the physical. On day six, everybody and their brother is going to want to take you out to breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'm not kidding. They're going to bring you food. Day six is a tough day. It's the number of man. But then day seven comes. Day seven comes, and the stomach and the brain call a truce. The brain, it takes seven days for the brain to understand, hmm, there's nothing coming down there. The stomach already knows that, but the brain just keeps telling us. It's, it's called, starts with an H. What do we call it? Habit. It's habitual. We habitually eat. If 
Finally, on the seventh day, the brain and the stomach get together and say, okay, let's call a truce. There's obviously, this guy's an idiot, and he's not putting anything down here, so let's shut it all off. Let's teach him. We'll shut it off. Seventh day, everything starts shutting down. He said, oh, that sounds horrible. Oh, church, it's glorious. It is glorious. Do you know what number eight represents in the Bible? It's a number of grace. That's why I hate to see people fast for seven days. I'm like, you are missing the best part. If you're going to do it, go eight days because eight is a number of grace. And on day eight, the truce is settled, the papers are signed, and you have a new vitality that you can't even begin to imagine on day eight. Your desire for food has literally been, in your brain, has been turned off. Now, there's still some stuff going on in your stomach, but here's what's happening. Here's what's happening in your stomach. There's still acid in there. And what's the purpose of the acid in your stomach? I'll give you some bi biological breakdown food. Are you putting any food in there? What's it breaking down? It's actually breaking down the lining of your stomach and your intestines. By the way, I'm going to tell you something that's going to freak you all out. Your tongue and your rectum are the same organ. I'm not, I'm not being gross. I'm being literal. Starts at the tip of your tongue, goes down to your esophagus, your stomach, all your intestines until it comes out. It's all connected. It's the same organ. And what that acid does, it's still there, and acid does what acid does. You with me? You follow me? It starts feeding on food. Do you know that you have food in your stomach and in your colon that's been in there seven years? And we think, well, you know, you just eat and it comes out. No, it don't. You eat and some of it comes out, but some of it sticks. See, this is gross. Why are you telling me all this stuff? Because I want you to see what's happening in your body and why God commands or, or, or expects fasting and how, how good it is for us. And it's why it brings us mental clarity. It starts to feed on that food that's stuck in your digestive tract from your stomach all the way down to your rectum. And it starts to clean all of that out. That's why you don't need to take any of those, don't take any fiber, nothing like that. Just drink water and juice. You'll be fine. Um, it starts to clean all that out. And by the way, how do you think your body feels after after food that by the way that's what that's what stomach cancer is and rectal colon cancer is it's food that's sitting in there for seven eight nine years is rotting and begin and produces cancerous cells in your body and and a prolonged fast cleans that out and then when it's done with your with your colon and you're still not eating guess where it turns to your body turns to the plaque in your bloodstream and it starts to literally consume those things, the plaque in your bloodstream that causes heart attacks. I got a friend of mine, y'all know Charlie Colgan. Charlie's family has a long history of heart disease. And Charlie's one of these guys, he fasts, he does a 40-day fast at least once a year. Often he'll do two in a year. Uh, think about that, 80 days out of 365 not eating. And he went to the doc for his checkup, and it was a big checkup, I think it was his 40-year to go through everything and, and the doc knew about his heart disease and his family and they did a little thing to check out his, his main arteries where plaque builds up 
and, and, the, and Charlie's a big guy. You've seen him. You see, that guy fast, really? What does he look like when he's not fasting, right? <laughs> uh, kind of like me. But anyway, I digress. And, and they looked at this, and the doc came back, and he said, when did you have the, the surgery? I don't see your scars. When did you have the surgery to clean that out? He said, I never had any surgery. And then the doctor said this. He said, do you habitually fast for more than 21 days? He said, yes. He said, that's why. He said, what do you mean? He said, you don't have, you, your, your veins are clear. Your arteries are crystal clear. And he said, and once you fast more than 20 days, on the 21st day, your body begins to eat the plaque, consume the plaque in your veins and arteries. It's one of the most healthy things that you can do. And that's why, because none of the energy is going to, to, to digestion anymore, you still have this energy. You think you get energy from your food. It's not really entirely true. Your body has so much latent energy in it. And I'm going to tell you something. I, you, you will feel better fasting than you ever did eating. You say, preacher, I don't believe you. You're just going to have to trust me and try it. Okay? Really. You will feel amazing. Now, you will get tired. Normally, I go from about 6 or 7 in the morning to 11 or 12 at night. I can't do that on a long fast. I'm up sometimes even earlier. But when I come home, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm done. Four o'clock, I'm getting really tired. By five o'clock, I just want to come home, kiss the kids, and, and lay down. Here's the other thing. You will sleep like the dead. It is, I don't sleep well. My wife can tell you that. I, since I've hit my 40s, and I'm almost out of them, sleep is something that's hit and miss. Anyone can relate to me? You with me? You feeling me there? You go on an extended fast, you will sleep like the dead. I promise you, I was, my, I was out cold before my head hit the pillow. My wife can attest to that. And I would sleep hard, I would sleep deep, and I would wake early. And when I woke up, I had so much energy, I about couldn't stand it. And my, again, my mind was clear, fasting for clear, clearer insights on decision making. Real quick, let's jump to the next one. I'm only going to be able to finish these up, and I'm going to close it. And we're going to pick up more next week, and I'll get more specific about some things. And I've already talked about some of this, number seven, uh, fasting for health reasons or healing. Notice what it says. I mean, I'm not making this stuff up. Am I walking you through the scripture this morning or not? Is that, is that all I'm doing? You, you with me? Am I making any of this up? It's all right there, right? And I've experienced this. I just didn't know it was all in the Bible. I can't tell you how fascinating I was to read this. I'm like, yep, check, been there, done that. I, I, I see that. Look, look at verse... Um, uh, chapter, verse 9. No, it's not 9. It's 8. Um, your healing shall spring forth how? Speedily. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. One of the most healthy healing things you can give your body is an extended fast. It really is. It will get you in shape faster than you can imagine. And by the way, if you want to, how many of you say, oh, you know what? I just got to really change my relationship to food, and I got to get some things out of my diet. Come on, be honest. Raise your hand. You want to get, get some things out of your Let me tell you the best way to do it. And this is a physiological thing I'm going to explain to you. When you fast for an extended period, when I say extended period, I'm talking at least 14 days, preferably 21, or even 40. Here's what happens. Your taste buds literally die and regenerate. That's why if you got a drinking problem or smoking problem, 
That's why you can lay it down and never pick it back up. You, you have literally, you have lost your taste for alcohol. Your, your physical taste, it's gone. You've lost your physical taste for cigarettes. It's gone. Your taste buds reset. They say that when you eat an apple, you're not really tasting it. You're living off the memory of what an apple tastes like because your taste buds are so clogged. When you eat an apple after a fast, I did it with a strawberry. I had the most awesome worship time. It took me an hour to eat a strawberry. It was the most amazing thing because it was like I've never had one in my life. God, you are am- What did you do in this beautiful thing? Look at this color. This t- Have you tasted one of these, Lord? This is amazing. What happened? God reset my taste buds. And here's the beauty of it. You want to kick... You ought to, there's some stuff you ought to ditch in your diet. White sugar is one of them. You ought to swear that off. Um, uh, what's that corn stuff, baby, that's so bad? High fructose corn syrup. That should never come in your mouth. That's poison. White bread. You ought to kick white bread out of your diet. You ought to kick most bread out of your diet because of how the grain is grown today. So, oh, I could never do that. Yes, you can. Go on an extended fast. Your taste buds are reset. If you never introduce it, you'll no longer have a taste for it. I promise you. You don't believe me? Walk with me and see. Here's number eight. Fasting for a more righteous life and influential testimony. Oh, look at that. I'm not making this up. This is a beauty. It's all right there in the Bible. Quick, go back to the Bible. Look what it says in chapter 8. Not only will your healing spring forth speedily, your physical, and your, what's that word, church? Righteousness shall go where? Before you. Look, your good name will go before you. People will see the change in your life. They will say, hey, I don't know what he or she is doing, but I want a part of that. Then you tell them it's fasting. They say, I don't want no part of that. <laughs> right? right? But they're going to see Jesus in you. Why? You have broken your addiction to the flesh. Listen to me. And at the same time, you have become addicted to the Spirit of God. You have realized that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. God's word becomes more precious to you than the food on your plate. John Piper said this. I want you to listen to this quote. It's powerful. The absence of our fasting is the measure of our contentment with the absence of Christ. Let me say that again. The absence of our fasting is the measure of our contentment with the absence of Christ. How content are you? Fasting for a more influential testimony. Again, Charlie told me, he was really on me hard, and, and it, it was another one of those things. You've got to be called to a fast. Back two years ago, God was calling me, and I met three different people. Charlie was the last one. He was the last pin to drop for me. And he, he pushed it hard. And he told me this when I finally agreed. He said, Paul, he said, preaching while you're fasting is like walking on water. And he did not oversell that. I feel like that this morning. And I haven't even started fasting yet. I will start on September the 1st, which is Wednesday? Thursday, is that right? I'll start on Thursday, September the 1st. I will have my first meal 
on October the 11th. And don't you worry about me. God designed this by, look at me. I can go 80 days and I think I can still be all right. I look like I'm getting ready to give birth to number nine baby. So I know what y'all think. I'm just saying what's in your mind. You should all be ashamed of yourself thinking about me like that. Thinking them nasty thoughts about your preacher. Lord forgive you. All right? But I'm going to do that, and I'm not going to do that, and I'm not telling you that. So you th- I'm telling you that because I want some of you to join me. Mm, it's quiet in this Episcopal church this morning, isn't it? Yeah. I want you to come with me on this journey. I really do. It reminds me of the old black church revivalist preacher come in, and they were having financial issues, and he said, he said you know, before a baby can walk, it's got to crawl. And boy, the old church, they got, let it... Let it crawl, brother, let it crawl. And he said, you know, and before that baby, baby can run, he got to walk. And he said, oh, let the church walk, brother, let it walk. And he said, oh, and before that baby can run, before that baby can run he, and get up on his feet and, and fly like the eagle, he's got to get real with God. He goes, oh, let it fly, brother, let us get real with God. And he said, we're going to get real with God. That means we got a double tithe. And old deacon stood up in the back and said, oh, let it crawl, preacher, let it crawl. And I know what some of you think right here. Oh, I, I want all these benefits. I want all these nine benefits. I'm going to give you the ninth one in closing in just a minute, I promise you. And we're going to pick this up later. I want all those benefits. But I'd rather crawl to the dinner table three, four, five, six times a day. I'd rather have my food than to draw in a season of intimacy with my God. Let me tell you, it is fasting that breaks your chains. Some of you are so stuck. And I'm telling you, you say, Preacher, I only heard you say one thing today. I heard you say that God has to call you to a fast, and he ain't called me. Well, guess what? I'm your pastor, and I'm calling you. I am, and I'm not calling you to go do something I'm not going to do. I'm going to do it with you. I'm going to do it with you. You say, Preacher, I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if my health... Look at the last reason for fasting. Look at, the, look at the last result, number nine. Fasting for the glory of the Lord to protect us from the evil one. And look at that verse in verse eight. The glory of Jehovah shall be your what? What's that word? Rear guard. In other words, God's got your back on this thing. God will protect you in that fast. And I'll get real more practical next week. I know what you're thinking. You're saying, well, I'm going to a different church next week because I'm coming back here about you no know, more fasting. And then next Sunday, we're going to eat after church. Mm-hmm. And the preacher's going to be standing there, come around, look at my place, and mm-hmm, not spiritual. Mm-hmm, not spiritual. Not spiritual. No, not at all. I don't want you to look at fasting today as something you have to do. And if you feel like you have to do it, don't do it. I want you to look, I want to present this in such a way that you say, I get to do this. I get to... I get to go on this journey with my best friend in the world. I get to go on this journey with God, just me and God. You know how much time it takes you to make a meal? More for you ladies than us guys. I got thinking about this the other day. Elizabeth's got to go to the store. That's time. And if you take Jackson with you, you double that time. You get any kids with you, you double. You take your husband, you might as well not even go to the store. You with me? Yeah. Yeah, we're getting real up in here now, ain't we? These two are going to need marriage counseling before this thing's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's, it's like three hours getting all that food. Right? I'm talking for the whole thing, right? You to, and then you got to come home and you got to cut it all up and make it and fry it and whatever we, 
in the south, fry it twice, fry it once, and then put it back in and give it another good frying to make sure all that oil is in there. Because you can just hear your whole veins just go, just closing right up. That's why you need to fast with me. Okay? I'm just saying the south is in desperate need of a fast. All right? And then you, do, you gotta cook all that stuff, and then you gotta sit down and eat it, and then you gotta clean up from it. You, literally, I'm not I'm being conservative. You're looking at about four hours a meal. Now hear me. You don't have to do that anymore. Listen to me. You can take those four hours and you spend them with Jesus. You say, Preacher, I, I tried to pray for an hour last night. It was two minutes that seemed like eternity. Because your belly was talking to you. I'm going to talk more about that next week. Oh, let me tell you, it, it changes. I am so excited about Thursday. You say, Preacher, you're crazy. I know, that's already been established. But I'm telling you, I know now, I've experienced it. I've been, I can't wait. Am I looking forward to the, mm, and all that? no. No, but I'm looking forward to day number eight, the grace day, when God turns off my stomach, and turns on my heart, and I walk on water for 40 days with God. And God will protect me. Now, my wife, bless her heart, she got worried about me about the last 10 days. I, 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 I can't stop working because even though I'm not eating, my whole family won't stop eating. And they can't. They're children. Although I am going to fast, encourage some of my children to fast not 40 days, but, but, to, to, but to begin to try it. But I got a death call at 3 o'clock in the morning about 10 days out from the end of my fast. I was 30 days in. It was a big fellow. And one of the ladies, young ladies, was my partner that night. We had to get him out of a house down some pretty good stairs. And I about passed out 3 o'clock in the morning. It was February. And the only thing that kept me, I think, awake or from passing out was the coldness. And that did take something out of me. I, whatever little bit I had was gone. And I did. I looked bad. Elizabeth said, honey, you look gray. And I had no energy. And, and I just I slept a lot those last 10 days because of that. And I've learned. One of the things I'm doing right now is I'm clearing my on-call schedule. But here's the thing, folks. I'm giving away money, real money, to do that. It's great. Because Elizabeth's going to save that money and what I don't need. So I'm, I'm clearing the hard physical stuff that I know can be there. I'm clearing that out. Because sleep is really important. That's the most important thing, really, physically in a fast. That you drink water and you sleep uninterrupted sleep but God had my back the glory of the Lord to protect us from evil the glory of Jehovah had my back and I made it through those last 10 days by the grace of God and I, and, and I woke up on day 41 the Bible says of Jesus that after the Satan tempted him he was hungry God literally turns the hunger turns it off on day 8 it's gone and he turns it back on on day 40. You wait, I woke up on day 41, 5 o'clock in the morning, opened my eyes and said, it's breakfast day. I never understood what breakfast was until that day. Now, I did some dumb things, and I'll talk to some of you more about that later, of how don't do what I did. I almost ended up in a hospital. People have actually died coming off a fast wrong like that. And uh, I, I put myself in bad shape. 
Um, and I'll talk more about that later. But here it is, fasting for the glory of the Lord to protect us from the evil one. God will sustain you. He made the physical body to go 40 days without food. Now, I'm going to say, I know that some of you physically can't do that. But more of you can than will. I'm going to say that again. Some of you physically can't do that, but more of you can than will. Don't be one of those. So here's the thing. And Ellie, could you jump down to like that last screen, is it? Second to last screen, not the picture, but the other one. About the, there you go. I want, I, I want you to say, oh, I don't feel God calling me to a 40-day to a 40 fast. He is. He's calling you through me. And I say that not really tongue-in-cheek. As your shepherd, I'm asking you to join me. I'm not asking you to do something I'm not going to do. You say, preacher, you really want me to not eat for 40 days? I didn't say that. I said, I want you to go on a 40 days with God. Now, I'm going to go 40 days, by, if God allows it. That's my plan. Here's what I'd like you to do. I so desperately want the manifest presence of God in this place amongst you people, starting with me, before John Barta ever sets foot in God's house here at Wildwood. I want revival before revival gets here. And I'm serious about it. And I want you to be as well. And I want you to fast with me. You may not be able to do 40 days. here. I am praying. I'm asking God to give me one person, just one out of the whole congregation, that will endeavor to do it. And I will walk with you, and, and we'll walk through that together. And I know most people aren't ready for that. I'll tell you the truth, two years ago, I wasn't ready for that. And I was ready to quit and give up on numerous times. But I had friends I was fasting with. I've already got a group of people all over the country that I discovered that are, are doing the same fast starting September 1st. Almost, we're going to start a Facebook group so we can encourage each other. I'd love for someone to be a part of that with me. I'm going to put out on Wednesday night a calendar of these 40 days, and I want people to sign up. You say, you know what? I'm going to fast on Mondays. You say, Pastor, I'm going I'm I'm to sign that thing up, and I'm going to give Mondays to God. Maybe if some of you say, well, you know, I, I, think, I, can do, I think I can do three days. I want to do three days. So I'm going to take these three days. These are my days. And, Pastor, I'm going to fast with you. And everyone that's on a day, you're going to hear from me. Because guess what? We're going to have time because <laughs> we ain't eating. <laughs> are, you, are you tracking with me? And here's what I want you to do. I, and I'm going to prepare you for that more next week. Okay, but here's what I want you to do in the meantime. I want you to pray about it between now and Wednesday. Okay, and, and that's cool that it doesn't start till Thursday because we'll, we'll have Wednesday together, right? And we can have our last meal together. Uh, I want you to pray about it. And here's what I want you to do. You say, you know what? I think I can do three days. And here's what I'd like you to do. You need to get past what you think you can do. Don't do three days, do six. Or do four. Add a day to Do more than what you think you can do in your power because that's what a fast is about. Now, some of you just can't. You're on medication, whatever. And that's another reason why I want to do it while I still physically am able to do it. I can't physically fast food. But I want you to fast something. I say, preacher, I'm going to be with you in these 40 days. I'm turning off the Internet or I'm not going to watch TV. Uh, you do need to know that football season is coming up, so pray hard about that one. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to fast this part of my life. I'm not going to eat. I'm going to fast sugar. 
I'm going to have dessert, sugar. I'm going to do a Dan a Daniel fast is a great thing to do. I'm going to cut out the meat and, and, and any delicacies, and I'm just going to eat vegetables for 40 days. He said, I would die. Folks, I'm not eating anything for 40 days. I don't want to hear it. I'm not being, I'm being silly about that, but really, you won't die. Matter of fact, you'll eat pretty good. And that's the thing that surprised me about my vegan friends is that they all got a pot belly. I'm like, how in the world does that work? Are they drinking beer every day? What in the world? What's with the pot belly and eat vegan? I don't know. But it's true. Almost every vegan I know has got a little belly on them. Uh, you know, I call them little Buddha vegans. I don't know. So you ain't going to die. Matter of fact, you might do real well. Something. Maybe like I told my children recently, you're fasting Minecraft whether you want to or not. Seriously, video games. I'm not doing it. And I'm going to take that time that I spend video gaming, and I'm going to give it to Jesus, and Jesus and I are going to spend time together. Whatever it is, I want you to put that down there. Here's my goal. I'm going to tell you my goal. I want to have three people. I want every day of this 40-day fast, I want, I'll be one of them. So I really only need two of you. Every day of this 40-day fast, I want two people to be with me. And if, it, and if you physically can't do food, I get that. But be with me. Do something. That three of us, just like the Trinity, together, we will, we will seek God's face for revival. And I want to ask you something. I've got to land this plane. But I want to ask you something today. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? You say, preacher, how can you be excited about 40 days not eating? Because I've been there. And it is like walking on water. And I want to take this 40 days and I want to use it even more strategically. Because I want to take that eating time and I want to separate and come away and give that to the Lord. Uh, I'm going to tell you something else. And you can hold me accountable for this. Here's my other goal. Because I'm, I figured it out. Even for me, bless, bless God. Thank God for my wife. I don't have to go to the store. She doesn't even like me to go with her. True? Uh, so, <laughs> I don't have to do all that. But I figure I got about three hours a day just in not eating. Right? And here's my goal. I want, my goal, I want to try to read the whole Bible from cover to cover in these 40 days. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that at all. That's just my goal. Two books a day. A book and a half a day, actually. But in three hours, even a slow reader like me can do that. And I want to take this time and dedicate it to God. And I want my righteousness to go before me. I want my healing to come speedily. I will, we'll look very different together at the end of those 40 days. And I want us to serve one another. So I'm calling you. I'm calling you out today. And if y'all don't come back next week and hear the rest of the sermon, I'm coming to your house. <laughs> and I will preach it one-on-one -on because -one I'm that serious about it. I, I just want you to experience God when God is no longer our belly. Would you pray with me? Father, I, I come to you and I just ask that you would do the work in and through. Uh, you know what you put on my heart. And the only way any of that, any of that is going to happen is if you intercede. 
And if you call these people, I joked around that I'm calling them, and as their shepherd I am. But, Lord, my call is kind of puny, but it would, it would mean a whole lot more if you would come behind that call, that you would, you would, you would call your children in, these, in this fellowship to do it. They need to hear from you and have that confirmation. And my prayer is that everybody under the sound of my voice today would take time and ask you, ask you what you would have them to do. And Lord, I pray that you would put a, a time stamp on it. And however it's done, I pray that we would walk in obedience, trusting you and you alone for what this is going to look like. And I want to thank you in advance. I want to thank you in advance for sustaining us through this time. I want to thank you in advance for the breaking of addictions. I want to thank you in advance for the clarity that's going to come in making major decisions and even minor ones. I want to thank you in advance that our healing will come speedily. I want to thank you in advance that all the way through this 40 days, Lord, that you will have our back. That your glory will protect us from the evil one.